All right, welcome to Making the Argument. Before we get started, I have a very important announcement. We have a brand new deal with GoodRanchers.com. That's right. If you go into GoodRanchers and you use promo code Nick and you sign up for one of their subscriptions, you're not only going to get $15 off, but do you remember the old deal where you got two pounds of ground beef with each order? Well, we just upped the game. That's right. You can choose top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon now. Every single order you get on that subscription is going to come with free. Top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, or bacon. You get to choose which one if you use promo code Nick. And again, $15 off on top of that. That's a savings of $480 in meat by signing up for one of those subscriptions. Not to mention the fact that if you are looking for a gift for someone that is impossible to shop for, you can go on to GoodRanchers.com and get one of their brand new gift boxes. Now, this is a limited time only offer. It's part of their overall Black Friday special. So go on to GoodRanchers.com to get more details. Sign up for promo code Nick and to get that deal and let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Nick Freitas and welcome back to Making the Argument. Very exciting show for you today. Here's what we got. We're going to go over common mistakes conservatives make with respect to equipping their kids to be able to defend their principles. And we're gonna go into three things specifically. All right, so before we do that, I wanna ask you all, please, if you're listening to this Apple podcast, if you're listening on YouTube, if you're watching on Facebook, like, share, comment, follow. All right, this really helps us get this out there. It's, it's critical for us to be able to you know, hit the algorithms and be able to get a, a larger viewership. So like, click, share, follow. Appreciate it. All right. What are the three things, three topics we're going to go over today? And um, I want to give you a little bit of background for this, why we're doing this. I, I have noticed the more that I go around and I talk to students and I talk to other groups where there's a lot of parents there, I get asked a lot of questions or I hear a lot of comments about how I don't understand what happened with my son or I don't understand what happened to my daughter. You know, we had a great relationship, raised them right. They go off to college and now all of a sudden... They've completely abandoned everything that, that we believe, and you know, Thanksgiving has become horrible, et cetera. And I, I was speaking to a group the other day, and <laughs> I think I worded it in such a way that I think kind of shook them a little bit, because there was kind of that common comment, and I said, well, actually, the college professor is only half the problem. You're probably the other half. And <laughs> you want to talk about kind of uncomfortable but it was what it was, and I think this is true. Um, and, I, and I've made some of these mistakes, and that's why I'm, I'm coming and we're doing this podcast. We're talking about these three things, all right? So here's the three things. The three things are teaching your kids how to think, not what to think, seeking truth, not comfort, and being a safe harbor, all right? So what do we mean by this? All right, well, let's start off with number one, teaching your kids what to think, not just how to think. Why is this important? I think most people think this is obvious. The question is, is do most people do it? And do most people understand the environment in which it's taking place? Now, when your three-year-old wants to, you know, I don't know, go down the stairs in a homemade luge that they made out of a, a you know, a pan, 
We tend to get upset and yell, and, hey, that's dangerous, don't do that, send them to timeout or whatnot. We prescribe to them that they shouldn't do this, right? Same thing when they try to run out in the middle of the street. We don't sit there and have a long conversation with them about the laws of physics and how the probability of them getting hurt if they play in the street or, or fall down the stairs could be very detrimental for them now and in the future. We don't get into that. Why? Because of three, they don't typically have the capacity to engage in that kind of reasoning. And so we engage in what we call prescription. I am telling you not to do that. I'm the authority figure, and I'm telling you not to do this because it's bad for you, right? The question is, is when do we start to transition into not just prescribing, but also engaging in the, in the process of truly explaining so that we can achieve greater understanding, right? It's not just that dad or mom is telling you not to do something. It's not just the dad or mom are telling you to do something. It's the why behind all of that. And what's important to that is to understand that our kids nowadays, especially nowadays, are growing up in an environment where there is a particular worldview or set of ideas or ideologies which is constantly getting thrown at them, whether it's what they watch on TV, the news that they see, the textbooks that they read, the college professor that they have, the shows that they watch, the music that they listen to, right? There is always a worldview being pushed in just about everything. And then how do a lot of parents combat that worldview? Well, maybe we spend 30 minutes with our kids around the dinner table. Maybe. Right? Maybe we have an, an occasional conversation about it. If your kids are getting bombarded with a certain way of thinking about the world, you know, 10 hours a day, the 30 minutes that you're giving them is not going to counteract that. And it's not reasonable to expect that it would counteract that. And a lot of people say, well, what am I supposed to do, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not their teacher and I, I work, you know, eight, nine hours a day. I'm tired. You know, what am I supposed to do? So a, a critical component of teaching your kids how to think, not just what to think, is one, there's some responsibility as us as parents, right? We, we do need to have a basic understanding of logical reasoning, right? The logical fallacies. So that when your kids confront a straw man argument, right, which is nothing more than somebody making a caricature of your argument and then knocking it down instead of addressing what you've brought up. When your kids encourage an ad hominem attack, an ad hominem attack is when you make an argument, instead of someone attacking the argument, they attack you, right? We need to have a basic understanding of some of these things so we can equip our kids to deal with it and recognize it when they see it. Another thing that, that I found really useful when my kids were very, very young, all the way up, I've got three teenagers in the house right now, all the way up to when they're older, is that there would be things that they would like. And, and look, my wife and I, I, I believe in doing due diligence. I believe in especially, you know, kind of monitoring what it is that your kids are watching. When they're younger, there's more restrictions. As they get older, there's fewer restrictions. You know, again, that's for every parent to kind of decide what it is that they're comfortable with. But I would find areas where there was something that my kids liked or they enjoyed. And when I saw a particular narrative being pushed within a cartoon they were watching, right, we'd, we'd actually talk about that. that. That becomes an interesting conversation. What did you think of that cartoon? What did you think of what Barbie did? My, my oldest daughter and I still joke around about me trying to teach her, you know, diversification within your economy and monetary policy based off of the princess and the pauper and Barbie because, you know, there's a scenario where, oh, the mine runs out of money. Our economy's destroyed. I'm going to marry you off to a rich prince. So many bad things about that, right? But, you know, again, she loved Barbie. She loved the music in it. She wasn't sitting there watching. But that's part, of, that's part of our responsibility as a parent is to understand when a worldview is being pushed that is not only overt, but sometimes it's kind of subtle. And, and instead of just, you know, trashing the whole series or saying you're never going to watch that again, 
using it as, a, as an opportunity to be able to talk with your kids and be like, why do you think that was? You know, you know what, what do you think? The, do you think it was right that Barbie was getting sold off to the rich prince, right? Do you, you know, and, and going into things like, my gosh, they had all this money in a, in a particular mine, and what they didn't, they didn't develop any other industry with it. They were completely dependent on one thing. You know, gosh, they really should have diversified their economy, right? And, and bringing it down to certain levels that they can understand and appreciate, but fostering conversations about things that they're interested in, and not just telling them, well, that's wrong or that's right, but saying, why do you think that? Another key component of this that I found really, really useful is obviously in our family, politics comes up a lot. I'm in elected office, right? My, my wife has run for office. So we talk about these things a lot and my kids end up hearing it. And what I noticed was is that every once in a while, my kid would spout off with something um, with, with all kinds of authority in their voice. And there's one of two ways to address that. You could just say, yeah, that's right. What I like to do every once in a while well, I look at me like, why'd you say that? Why do you think that? And then what I'll do is I'll, I'll take a counter perspective and I'll challenge them. And I'll challenge them to defend what it was that they just said, even if I agree with it. Because I don't want it to be something they believe because, you know, daddy told them to. I want them to be something they believe because they recognize the evidence or the truth behind it. And you're not going to be able to do that if you basically created a system within your household where your kid is not seeking out truth, they're essentially just responding to your reaction. They're responding to the reaction of the authority figure. And that becomes really, really problematic because what you're gonna find, and we're gonna go into this in our next point, is that if all you've done is prescribe to your kids, if you, if you have actually taken those moments that you have, whether it's around the dinner table, when you're watching a movie together, or when a song comes on, to ask them questions and to get them to really, really think about it, not just enjoy something, but think about what it is that they're enjoying or think about what it is that they're challenged with or think about what it is that you've told them in order to help them to understand why you told it to them in the first place. If you're not creating that sort of environment, that sort of, that sort of freedom of inquiry in that environment, you're going to run into problems. So step one, don't just prescribe. Don't just teach them what to think. Teach them how to think. And the best way to do that is to ask questions of them or every once in a while, again, when you see that moment in the movie, that moment in the song, when they say, when they repeat something back to you that you know you've said a thousand times, but now you're asking them to explain why they think that's true or why they think that statement has merit. Those are all great times to really get your kid thinking about these, these things and making it their own, right? You don't want them just regurgitating your beliefs. You want to impart wisdom and knowledge in such a way to where they accept it, not because you told them to, they accept it because they appreciate the truth behind it as well, right? Step one. Step two, seek truth, not comfort. Now, I don't mean to say that being comfortable is a bad thing, but I do think that we've raised an environment, and a lot of this is on us as parents, where we've prioritized harmony or comfort over the truth. And what's interesting is when you prioritize comfort or harmony at the expense of the truth, you will get neither. You're not going to get harmony. You're not going to get comfort. You're just delaying problems for the future. So, you know, how do we do that? Well, one of the key features of this, and this goes back to the first point, if in your family structure, you've created an environment where your kids do things or don't do things based exclusively off of reward or punishment that you as the authority figure on the house have provided for them, then all you've taught them to do is kind of mindlessly follow authority 
in order to receive reward and avoid punishment. That's the dynamic that you've created. Those are the rules of the game that you've established for them. That's what they've learned. Now when they go off to college or when they go off to a different environment where the dynamics, the dynamics the same for them, it's, it's reward or punishment, the rules are the same, but now what you get rewarded for and what you get punished for is vastly different. Now you get rewarded for completely rejecting everything that you taught them and you get punished for sticking up for the things that you've taught them. But because the main thing that they got away from your household was reward and punishment, incentive structures, you know, respect authority. Well, now the authority's different, so the values are different. Because ultimately, it's just about being comfortable with whatever environment that you are. You're avoiding offense, maintaining harmony. That's all they're looking for, because that's all they've experienced. So you can't get mad at them when, the rule, when, when that dynamic changes, and they're still operating off the same rules that you taught them. Right? And maybe you didn't intentionally teach it to them. It doesn't matter. That's what they're going to get out of that sort of environment if they never have anyone explaining something to them and if they never understand the true value in genuinely seeking truth, even at the expense of comfort. Far better to seek truth now and achieve a, a lasting comfort or harmony in the future than it is to simply ignore truth in the hopes that you can avoid an uncomfortable situation. Right? So, so how do you do that? How do you, how do you foster that sort of environment? with your kids. Um, well, I, here's one of the things that I, th I think is really important about that. Um, it goes back to what we said in the first point, right? Asking questions, engaging in conversation, allowing them to question, and then going through that thought process so that they see the, the benefits of actually going after truth, not just maintaining perfect harmony. Right? And, this, and this, leads me, this leads me actually to the third point we're going to discuss, and that's being a safe harbor for the debate. Now, one of the things that is absolutely heartbreaking to me, and I, I've gone all over the country talking to students, I've talked to parents all over the country, and here's one of the common dynamics I see, is as this student is explaining the conversation they had with their parents, or as the parent is explaining the conversation they had with the student, here's what ends up happening. <clears throat> If you have only taught your kid, if you've only prescribed to them, if you've taught them what to think but not how to think, and under point two, if you've set up a system of reward and punishment based off of how well they regurgitate what you as the authority figure tell them, then they go into an environment and now everything's being challenged. Everything that they thought they knew about the world is being challenged. So what do they do? Well, they have a relationship with you. Right? They, they care about you. They care about what you think. So they call you up. And they call you up with their questions and they ask you to give them answers. And what I've heard directly from a lot of parents is they get frustrated. And that frustration is based off of fear. Because here it is. You care about this. You care about your child. You, you've tried to raise them right. You're, you're trying to set them up for success in life. And now all of a sudden they're coming back and they are asking questions about everything that you've taught them, everything that you thought was secure in their life and in their mind. And then your response is to get fearful and then to get angry. And, I, and I've, I've actually heard parents do this where they say, well, that's not the way we raised you. That's not what we taught you. You just need to have more faith. I want you to think about the dynamic that is created when that conversation takes place. Your kid has been taught what to think within an authority structure, 
that rewards them for regurgitating what they've heard, not for actually understanding it or seeking truth, and an environment that prioritizes comfort over the truth. Now they're in a college environment where everything's been questioned. Now there's, there's very real consequences for them repeating the things that you taught them. And what they're doing is they're essentially asking you for the truth. They're asking you for the argument they need to make when they go back into that environment. They need an argument that they can take that's relevant in that environment. Because if they go back into their college classroom and they tell their professor or they tell their friend group, well, I believe this because mommy and daddy told me so. They are going to be mocked for that. And they know they're going to be mocked for that. And here they are asking you a question and you're telling them that's just not the way you were raised. And now all of a sudden they feel betrayed. They feel betrayed by the person that taught them their values and who now is either unable or unwilling to defend those values and help them go back into a hostile environment and defend them. So what are they going to do? What is the logical thing for them to do at that point? The logical thing for them is to, well, one authority figure taught me one thing, but this authority figure is teaching me something else. If I do what this authority figure in my college classroom tells me to do, I will be rewarded academically. I will be rewarded in my friend group. If I reject or I stand up or I defend what I believe, I will be punished in my friend group and I may be punished academically. As a last-ditch effort, I go back to what I thought was my safe harbor in order to ask the person that I love, who raised me, who I still respect, to give me an answer that I can take back into this environment, and instead they got mad at me. That kid is going to go running into the arms of people that I will guarantee don't love them as much as you do, but are going to reward them for believing things, saying things, and doing things that you know will actually harm them. Sometimes right away, sometimes later in life. So, what do I mean by being a safe harbor? It actually includes a couple of things. And some of this is hard for us as parents. I'm just saying right now, we got to get over it. And, and the good news is, is that you're actually going to love it when you do. The first thing, and this doesn't just start while they're off in college. This starts when they're still under your roof. When your kid comes to you with a question, and you don't know the answer, you got one of two options in that point. You can either make something up, which they'll accept because you're the authority figure. Or you can say, you know what? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out. See, what you did in that moment is you, you, you admitted that you as the authority figure don't have all the answers. Right? So you're, you're, not, just, you're not just doing a good job in helping foster a, a, an idea of inquiry. You're reinforcing to them that just because someone's in a position of authority doesn't mean that they are the end-all, be-all. It doesn't mean that they are the source of truth. Right? You as the parent are not the ultimate source of truth. Right? That's God. <laughs> but what it is, you've illustrated to your child that you value seeking truth more than the comfort or the harmony that might come from just reinforcing your authority. So that's the first thing, admitting, you know what, I don't know. And then not just saying, I don't know and I don't care, but I don't know. And if you're on the phone, say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to research this because I, I, I think I've heard this before. I know there's an answer to this. Let me go find out. You research it too, and then let's, let's, let's have another talk. 
Or if they're sitting right in front of you, be like, you know, I don't know, let's, let's Google this, right? Let's, let's search it out. Let's see what the different answers are. Let's see what the different perspectives are. Because the moment you do that, the moment you say, I don't know, but I believe that there is a true answer for this. I believe that there's a correct answer for this. I believe there's a way to address this particular question. You've, you've not only told them, you, you, first of all, you've combated that whole idea of I'm prescribing to you what to think instead of I'm teaching you how to think. You're giving them an opportunity to work with you and to come up with a, a logical response to something. And then you've also fought against that whole idea that it's, it's, a, it's just an authority structure. Right? They're, they're not being rewarded for regurgitating what they said. They're being rewarded for asking a question and then they're being doubly rewarded because now you are working with them in order to get to the truth. So there, there's a huge benefit to admitting that you don't know and working with your child in order to find out what the truth is. <clears throat> Here's the second one, even more uncomfortable. Being willing to admit, yeah, I was wrong. Now, I think there's a very careful and, and important way to do this. I can remember when my oldest daughter, who's now 18, got to the age where every once in a while I would do something or I would say something that she didn't think was correct. Now, why didn't she think it was correct? Well, she didn't think it was correct in part because of either our faith, either scripture was the justification for why she thought something was wrong, or maybe it was something that I taught her that now I wasn't living up to. Or maybe it was something that because we taught critical thinking, she was analyzing something and something didn't make sense to her. And I'll never forget the first time my, my oldest daughter got to the point where she would come to me and say, Daddy, I, can I talk to you about something? I think something is wrong or I don't think that was done the right way. Now, the first couple of times this happens, there's this natural instinct because you're the parent, you're the authority figure. You remember the days when, again, your kid was running aimlessly, trying to run aimlessly into the street or, you know, eating crayons. And now all of a sudden they're questioning something you did or something you said. But if you're not willing to listen to what their argument is, if you're just going to be offended by it, then what are you teaching them? You're teaching them that offense shuts down argument, especially when it comes from an authority figure. You want to know why so many kids right now are unwilling to stand up to teachers or to their friend groups on this? Well, it's because they've been taught there's a power structure. And if you don't have the proper authority within that power structure, you're not allowed to question. Otherwise, you'll generate offense. The first place kids learn that is actually in the home. And if you want them to be able to stand up to it, if you want them to not only seek truth, you, you want them to seek truth, not just comfort, then you have to foster an environment where they have the courage to do so, but also the wisdom to know when to do it and how to do it. And so when she came to me and said, I think something's wrong, it's like, okay, I'm going to get in the proper, I'm going to get in the, the proper mindset to listen now. Okay, make your argument. Now, there have been times where Nope, she was wrong and I was right. And I love those times. <laughs> but there's been other times where she was right and I was wrong. Either what I said was um, not entirely accurate or there was a better way to say it or the way I went about something didn't reflect the values that I've taught her to believe in. And she was right and I was wrong. Now, as much as I love being right, I absolutely love it when one of my children, using respect, critical thinking, courage, and wisdom is able to come back and say, 
I think this was off, and I think this is correct, and they're right. And if in that moment, you can put aside kind of the, the fear or the offense or whatever it is, again, provided they do it respectfully, and you can praise them for making the right decision and being willing to stand up for what they thought was true and doing it respectfully and, and displaying courage and wisdom in that process, that is a child that is equipped to go into another environment where they have a different authority figure, whether it be that college professor or that boss or that friend group or whatever it is, and they start getting challenged in what they believe instead of just saying, well, I don't know, this is the authority structure and I, you know, I'm going to get punished if I, I say the wrong thing. That simple act of either saying, I don't know, let's find out, or you know what, you're right, I was wrong. That is key to that second point of creating a, a child, a person that seeks truth above comfort. And it will create that safe harbor that they need with you as a parent to where they can not only come to you for support, they can come to you for wisdom. And they know that if you don't have the right answer or that if they make a good argument, that you will work with them on that process. That's creating a resilient human being that knows what they believe and is willing to go into those environments and defend it because it's true. Not because mom and dad told them so, but because it's true. It's theirs now. And one of the biggest, most heartbreaking things I see is good kids going off to university or work or whatever it is, leaving the home, and parents finding out far too late that what ended up happening was it was never their belief, it was your belief, and they only believed it as long as they were in your environment because what you really taught them was an authority structure, a reward and punishment system. And the moment that they came back to try to get some reinforcement, if you responded with fear, anger, or offense, you're no longer a safe harbor either. And what are they going to do? They're going to run right back to the environment where they do have a safe harbor, where they are encouraged, where they are rewarded for believing the things that you know are harmful to them, but they never fully understood why. So let's do a quick summary. All right, quick summary of the three points. First, how to think, not just what to think. Now, again, I don't misunderstand. I'm not telling you you shouldn't tell your, your child what to think, right? I, we, we have a particular set of values that we educate our children on. But as they get older, we don't just tell them this is what to believe. We tell them this is why we believe this. This is why we've taught you this. This is the evidence, the critical thinking that has led us to this conclusion. And we foster in them a willingness to be able to think, to be able to question, and to be able to come to proper conclusions about things using reason, using science, using logic. Right? So, not just what to think, how to think about it. Secondly, seek truth, not just comfort. Right? Now, now, now that's to say that we shouldn't seek a harmonious environment. Right? I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe that as much as it was within your power, live in peace with everybody. Right? But if you, if you want your child to truly seek truth, then you have to foster that in, in your environment and you have to be able to foster in, 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 a, in circumstances where the first time they get questioned on what they believe, the first time that they feel a tinge of intimidation or hostility or discomfort is not when they're outside of your house. So seize that moment when your child says something that you agree with. 
Ask them about why did you say that? Why do you think that? What's your evidence? Challenge them. Spar with them. Because if the first time, the first time they get intellectually hit in the face is out in the real world as opposed to in the, the safety of your home, they're not going to be prepared for it. There's not a single boxer, not a single MMA guy that doesn't spar before they go to the actual fight. So have that sparring and doing it in an environment where there is a little bit of discomfort. There is a little bit of intimidation. But then bring it around in, in, in love and understanding and say, okay, do you see why I said this? You know, do you see how you responded to this? Do you think that was a good response? What do you think would be a better response? Do you, do you think, you know, are you confident in the evidence that you're bringing to the table to justify what you just said? Right? Create that environment where they, they learn to seek truth, not just comfort. And then that third point, be a safe harbor for your child in order to ask ideas, in order to you know, bring questions to you. Don't be, the, don't be the person that rejects them or makes them feel bad or acts offended in order to shut down the debate. You want an environment where they can feel comfortable that you're a person that they can come to, to again, not only receive support and love, but also to receive wisdom and knowledge. But in order to do that, it's going to require at times you admitting that you don't know, but being able to work with them to find the solution. And when they've got it right, encouraging them and you've got it wrong, saying, you know what? I never thought of it that way. You, you know, I think what you just said was true. All right, that, that's good. I'm going to modify the way I think about this because of, of what you said. You've just taught them in that moment that you value truth above comfort. You've just taught them in that moment that you value critical thinking, not just responding to what the authority said. And ultimately, you are fostering the sort of relationship that is not only going to serve you well as a parent when your kids are in your house or in college, it's going to serve you well decades from now because one of the most true statements I have ever heard is that if you spoil your children, you will raise your grandchildren. If you raise your children, you will get to spoil your grandchildren. And I desperately want to spoil my grandchildren. And I want to raise kids that are confident in what they believe because it is true, not just because dad and mom said so. I want them to be resilient. I want them to seek truth. I want them to know how to think. I want to equip them to be able to live life, to pursue happiness, to fulfill meaning and purpose within their lives. And I want them to be equipped when someone comes to them with a really good sounding lie. I want them to be able to identify it as such, give reasons why it is so, and not only save themselves, but be able to save the other people around them. All right, thank you very much for watching Making the Argument or listening to Making the Argument. Once again, I encourage you, if you like what we said today or if you have a similar experience and you have some advice to offer, find us on YouTube, find us on uh, Facebook, leave us a comment, go on to Apple Podcasts, write us a review, follow, leave us a comment there. I, I love it when we get this sort of feedback because it just makes the show better. And really what this is about is about equipping all of us with the arguments that we need with the knowledge and wisdom that we require to be able to go out and advocate for the truth and to be able to defend it. So once again, thank you for joining us on Making the Argument, and we'll see you next episode.
once again, thank you very much for listening. If you want to support the show, again, one of the best ways you can do it is by heading over to GoodRanchers.com with promo code Nick. You're going to get $15 off. You sign up for one of those subscriptions, and you're going to get up to $480 of free meat with that subscription. You get to pick top sirloin, salmon, chicken breast, bacon. It is all up to you. Plus, if you're looking for gifts to get for the people that are impossible to shop for, GoodRanchers.com also has gift boxes. You need to act quick. This is part of their overall Black Friday special. So head on over to GoodRanchers.com, use promo code Nick, and once again, thank you for listening.